Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Okay, this is episode nine. This is something we're going to do called Listener's Choice. So what this is, is between book studies, how it'll show up on your iTunes or on your Podbean or wherever you get your podcast from, it'll be, you can see where it has the book study episode one through eight, for example. And so this is episode nine, and this will be a, a listener's choice podcast, which means someone has reached out to us about something. And so now we've done our due diligence of researching, interviewing, experiencing, and now we're giving that to you. Yeah, so if you guys are tuning in and you're hoping to hear about a certain topic, um, you can recommend certain books that you'd like for us to cover, and we'll kind of sift through those, and as we get our information, put these um, ideas back out through our listener choice episodes. And you can find us on wittyandgritty.blog, and from there, you can subscribe and just shoot us an email on either a book that you love, and we've already heard a couple of replies about different books that people are reading right now, so it's been really cool to see people responding and us being like, yes, we need to look at this book, and we need to recommend it. So you can also find where we've recommended books on our blog as well. Another way is if you subscribe to our newsletter, um, then you can email us your ideas, uh, and what else? All Facebook, the ways. Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Pinterest. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could comment on a pen if you wanted. Sure. Best ways to email us. <laughs> so there you go. Witty and gritty podcast at gmail.com. Or you can just subscribe and whatever you want to do with that. So there you go. So again, today's listener's choice episode is on the topic of fall camp. And for those of you that uh, may not have played sports, in high school or college, fall camp is when the athletes usually arrive at school or start training before the school year starts in order to get ready for their fall season. Right. So, for example, Farron and I, we played at Austin College, so I guess it was two weeks before actual school started. Everybody showed up. Us, football, volleyball, volleyball everybody came early to train because by that time, before school starts, and high school volleyball coaches and know this really well, your scrimmages start August 2nd or whatever day it is. So, again, going back to college, if you're sending a kid off or you've lived through this, you're going to uh, empathize with this. Oh, empathize, right. You went with reminisce. That was a lot more pleasant. <laughs> it depends on how, how you dealt or survived fall camp. Yep. Yes, so it'll be all about how to survive fall camp, and again, this is just the two weeks, so something we'll roll out to y'all later on is surviving a semester or a year playing a college sport, because that's a whole different ball game and produce longevity there and staying on top of your grades and all that good stuff. So this is just about fall camp before school starts. Yes, being a collegiate athlete is very awesome if you're able to manage your time and your health and your mentality. Right. Appropriately. <laughs> I So I coached high school soccer for a minute there. And a lot of times kids would debate on whether to play or not play. And in my head I'm going, and I would tell them to, why, why not? You can go, it's free workout facilities, free food, free travel, free clothes if you want to see it that way. But also it's going to give you some of the best skills that you're going to need later on. Mm-hmm. Skills that transfer into 
the workforce and working on a team in the real world. Right. Um, living with roommates in general. <laughs> <laughs> living with other people that aren't the people you've lived with the past 18 years. Like your husband or your kids. <laughs> so maybe use some of these strategies with your marriage. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Who knew that fall camp could help your marriage? <laughs> yes. Very good. See? Reasons to play college sports. Great. Again, this is the time of year when people are getting ready to go. So there's all those jitters. I remember getting jitters. I still get game day jitters. So just packing to go to fall camp. I remember all those times. Yes, and if you haven't started, you're running out of time. So (laughs) listen to this closely and then take action quickly. Right. So we kind of broke this section down, this listener's choice on how to survive fall camp into four sections. So we have physical health and wellness, mental health and wellness, some hidden rules, and then some tips that you need in order to survive. So we'll just go ahead and start with the physical health. Yes, to survive. (laughs) Step one is actually survive and have a heartbeat at the end of the day. That's good stuff. It's important to keep in mind that fall camp is a marathon and not a sprint. Um, I think new players come out and they want to start off giving it their all and, you know, first impressions are a big deal. Returning players come out and they're fighting for their spot. They know there's new freshmen and new talent coming in. But if you go all out in those first couple of days, it's very possible that you get injured or aren't able to keep that pace for the duration of fall camp. And so your performance would actually look worse than if you paced yourself a bit. Right. So again, make sure you understand we're not saying don't do your best. We're saying, yes, do your best, but not at the detriment to where you are overexerting your muscles. You're starting to pull. You're dehydrated. There's a difference between stopping and getting water when everyone else is because your body needs water as opposed to, oh, I'm not, I'm going to skip this water break so I can show them I don't need a water break. That would be silly on your part. I think coaches too, they look to see endurance in a different light and, you know, you're having four a day practices, you know, who's going to still be able to walk out onto the field day four or five and perform well in those first scrimmages. So, you know, again, we want you to go out and you do need to put your best foot forward Um, but you'd hate to then miss the opportunities on the back half of fall camp and beginning of season with injuries. Right. Like that. Yeah. So again, and that will trickle on into the season as well. So make sure you kind of live by it. The next part we're going to talk about is technical and tactical work. So physically fit in shape, all that stuff's good going into fall season or fall camp. But you also have to remember to touch a ball. If you're going into football and you haven't thrown with the guys or ran routes specifically, or if you haven't tried catching the ball weird, or same with soccer, if mm-hmm. you haven't dribbled. That yep. was, I mean, it is, it's really obvious whenever you, someone is physically in shape and they did that part but then did not touch a ball at all. Yep. And just if you're coming in as a newbie and your club season ended – you know, if you can get in touch with some of your teammates and get together, have some pickup games, maybe find a summer team you can play on, um, an indoor team, just something where you're getting touches on the ball, which you could honestly do on your own, 
or, you know, you can't, it's hard to replicate game-like training. So if you could find either pickup games or join some type of summer league, again, whether it's volleyball, football, um, just some type of team where you get that game-like experience. Right. That doesn't even have to cost you money. I remember the summers between college soccer, we would all, everyone would come home for the summer and we would play on the tennis courts at an elementary school. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that, that's what we did until the lights went out at 11. And we did that every night after dinner. Everybody met up there and we played. And that way that gives you the chance to play with different types of people. If you're a girl, you can play with the guys. That I mean, a lot of times that helps with the speed of play mm-hmm. and seeing things quicker. Uh, so, again, the stuff's out there. It's, it can be free, so don't let money stop you. You can just go to the park and play pickup. All right, returning player prep. So this is for the people who have gone and come back. So they survived the first year. They want to stay. They've been asked to stay. Mm-hmm. They've negotiated contracts and all that good stuff. Contracts, scholarships. You know, yeah. this isn't professional yet. <laughs> so, again, returning players, you have to remember that the newbies are hungry. They are out there, and they want your spot. Yeah, so you come in with experience, which is great. Um, but it's almost like you have to train harder every year. Uh, you almost have to come back better than you were last year because now that you've made that first impression, um, had a good, hopefully, rookie year, your coach is looking to, for you like to improve, whereas with a new player, they're setting up that expectation. Um, but, yeah, so you got to train harder and uh, be more prepared because the expectation is higher on you by your coach. Right. Uh, If you've played college sports or if you've heard of this, a sophomore slump. Mm -hmm. So that is, yeah, you came, you did a great job your rookie year, and a lot of times people relax. And those are the ones who go in the sophomore slumps and they don't come back. They're not asked back. They have gotten themselves in a rut because they either thought they were hot to trot or they just didn't have that drive they did their first year because they could hang, so maybe I could hang again. Uh, That still puts you on the freshman level, but now you're a sophomore, so you're expected, like you said, Farron, to have that experience to come and say, yes, this is where I was my freshman year, but look at my rate of improvement. If you're in the real world and you're not improving with every year, what what good are you? Mm -hmm. And it'd be, you know, if you're looking for a starting spot or to know what that would be, a lot of coaches will keep your data, uh, your time trials and stuff, your weightlifting, what you were able to lift in the weight room and you can see where you were um, at the same time last year or where you ended the school year and use that as your measure comparing yourself to you is how you're going to get better instead of being like well I know my teammate over there has ate potato chips all summer and I've been running so there's that you know you got to compare yourself to you and grow from there right and there. Just because you play in the same position as someone else, y'all could be totally different styles of play and used for different marking, either man marking or zone covering or a utility player. So again, just because your teammate sat in a potato chips, they still might be used in a totally different way. So back to what you were saying, Mm -hmm. comparison, again, comparison's a no-no. That's just not good. Make sure you are checking yourself, speaking with your coach, um, and also, I for our coach, we did a fitness test at the beginning, and I I loved it because it was show up or get out. You're such a weirdo. Uh, I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and all of my former players, whenever it was t- 
time for tryouts. The first day was I always made it the worst day because I need them to I need them to either show up or get out. I don't have time to the people who've worked all summer or all whenever they want to get better. They don't need someone waltzing in thinking they can keep up when they can't. One of my players, she was talking I guess to the trainer and they were like, "All right, so they this is the worst day, right?" She's like, "Yes." And they said, well, what happens if you survive the first day of tryouts? She said, you go back for the second day of tryouts. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's that's how our coach had it, and I loved it because some people couldn't hang, and that's fine. We just need to focus on what our program's trying to do. And he would do the time trials like you were saying, and then he would post everybody. And you were ranked one to however many were on the team. So it was interesting to see how you compared to other people in those in the physical fitness aspect um so yeah there's and that. not to beat a dead horse but he, um we also at the end of the season uh talked about where we were with our skills and play on the field and so use that information to you, your coach isn't hiding their expectations from you <laughs> right they're telling you exactly what you need to do to have more playing time and have a spot on the team um, use that information. It's not a secret. It's not some code you have to break. Right. They so, want you to get better. Please. Yeah. Fitness, I feel like, is the foundation. And then the tactical and technical pieces is just what's going to take you um, above and beyond. Okay, this one should go without saying, but we're going to say it because it doesn't actually go without saying to some people. You have to shower. You need to shower after the workouts. Every time. Even if it's just a quick rinse, for the love of God, you need to shower. For multiple reasons. Yes. One, you don't want to have to sit by yourself at lunch. That would be embarrassing. A little lonely. Don't be the newbie that doesn't shower either. (laughs) Yes, because that's a real thing. You don't want to be known as pig pen. (laughs) Right. Uh, But the other real part of it is staph. And staph infections are no joke It's, yes, our bodies normally have staph or whatever, but it's whenever you get a staph infection because for whatever reason. Yeah, no judgment here. It happens. Right, it just, sometimes it just naturally happens, but there are times where we've known people who haven't been diligent about it, and then they have staph. And then the whole locker room has to be cleaned out. You have to come on your off minutes during fall camp, which are so precious because you want to just sit down and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But now we have to bleach everything and clear everything out. It's it's a hassle, but also it can be really dangerous for you as well. Yeah, dangerous personally, and then you're putting your teammates at risk. Um, it could also cause you to have to miss uh, practice opportunities, which by like day three or four, you're kind of like not too mad about. But uh, again, everyone else is out there training and getting their chances, and meanwhile, you're out of sight, out of mind. So... Make sure that you are showering. Again, you don't have to shampoo your hair three times every shower. Um, You need to at least soap your body. And the guys listening probably are like, just what shower? Like, (laughs) but man, when you got to like wash your hair and dry it and man, the guy's soccer team is going to be at lunch. You need to look halfway (laughs) decent. (laughs) Uh, no, that's never a concern. But um, <laughs> survival's the concern. <laughs> first step, survive. Second step, look good doing it. Yes. Oh, that's nice. I don't yeah. know if I ever got to step two. But I we'll, will. <laughs> I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> okay, so this goes right into injury maintenance. So, again, if you 
this is the part where it's the marathon, not a sprint. And I freaking said marathon again. And I've been <laughs> saying marathon. I say marathon, but for some reason when I'm reading it off the of notes, I say, <laughs> I say marathon. I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Anyway. I got nothing for you. Uh, yeah. It's a lost cause. Okay. So injury maintenance. Yes. So um, you're going to get sore. Um, so some of the injury maintenance is preventative measures. Make sure you're doing the stretching and the warm up. Make sure that after practices, you're icing down, getting in the ice bath. It sucks, but it helps. Um, if you are in the middle of um, a workout or a training and you start feeling that hamstring pull or that calf go, um, you want to, again, we're not saying pull back, but you need to, it's easier to heal a tweaked muscle than a pulled muscle or a ripped muscle. So again, you want to show that you're strong and that you can push through, but at what cost? So just knowing your body um, and taking the right measures when you start to feel it slip. Even if you're concerned about missing practice or having to sit out of a drill, which that's really tough to have to do, you can, if it's a rep drill and you're waiting to go next, that's a great time to stretch. Mm-hmm. You can actively stretch then. I'm not saying sit down and static stretch because that needs to be after your workout. But during the workout, you can sit there and stretch your calf. You can sit there and stretch your hamstrings or your quads. That's just wise to do. And then also that helps the coach know because sometimes coaches are just really into it. And when they see five or six of the of the athletes stretching kind of on the sides, like, hey, maybe we need to take a water break. So that's also just a subconscious indicator. So don't feel silly for stretching. That's helping you save your muscles. And make sure you check in with your trainers, too. They don't want you hurt. Um, It might mean you got to show up before the 5 a.m. practice 30 minutes before that to have a heating pack or stem treatment and get stretched out. Um, But if that's what it takes, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But talk to your trainers. Don't wait till it's too late. Um, Again, especially the newbies out there, you wouldn't want to... Again, sit out the first three weeks of season while everyone else is getting to make that impression. And then you try to work your way up mid-season. Right. And you have to remember that trainers and coaches talk. They have a log of when you've checked in, what treatment you've done, how consistently you're showing up. So even if you are out for three weeks, they can see, man, they started coming here and they've been going out these times, getting this treatment. So that at least shows that you're committed, whether you are actually on the field or not. Mm-hmm. All right, newbie prep, being in shape. Yes, just that's the biggest takeaway. I think a lot of people leave their club teams or their high school teams as, you know, the top dogs, and you just got to realize that you're going to compete at a different level with like people who left their programs, um, being one of the top players. So you got to, again, like we said earlier, um, be prepared Um for the level of play. That was a wonderful segue into our mental health and wellness. I love that you did that. Look at you. Okay, so again, checking your ego at the door. Like you were saying, Farron, if you made it to the college level, so all of your teammates, they were the captain. They were the all-district MVP. They were the starting whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure your ego is in check. Another important reason to have your ego, and I'm going to add the word attitude, Um, in check is that's something coaches are looking at too they're looking at team chemistry leadership maturity 
And so if you're walking around with a big ego and attitude, that could hurt your time on the field as well. Um, did you ever have that experience coaching? Oh, yes. There are some kids who think that they're, I mean, and they are, they may be a stud on their club team and they're going to, they've already signed, but then on the high school level, they're very much the stud, but it's just really hard to get people to like you if your ego is not where it should be. Okay. The humility aspect of it is huge. There were times where I've had great players, but no one wanted to be around them. So it was really hard to develop that chemistry, like you were saying. So again, check your ego at the door. It will save you a lot of troubles, mental frustration, um, and just saving you a lot of, from a lot of hard conversations and no friends. Yes. And that kind of takes us into our next point, which is um, how to talk to your coach. So when you have a concern or you know you need to share that you're not doing well, communication with your coach is key. Um, some people choose to go just complain to everyone on the field and stir the pot and that would be like the absolute wrong thing to do and it's not productive and then you become that person like they might sit there and head nod with you but you're becoming that player with the negative attitude a lot of talk and not doing anything about it so if you're having a problem or you want to know how you can improve you need to talk to the coach respectfully um, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Right. How to um, talk to your superior. Oh, gosh, <laughs> yes. But just, uh, it kind of goes back to the attitude, but watch, I guess, what you're saying. And if you have a real concern, the right person is going to be the coach, maybe a captain first. Um, they can kind of give you some guidance. But uh, if you got a problem, you just needed to know where to take that. Yes, and also don't approach it defensively. Mm. Approach it as, I have some questions if you have time. I mean, just real quick. And you need to have it rehearsed in your head what you're going to say. And don't sit there and say, I want to ask about playing time. Because all the coach is going to hear is, I only care about what I'm going to get to do. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're talking about the expectations and how we were saying earlier. They usually have all the data so they can sit there and tell you, you are 85% on completing passes. I need it to be 95 for you to be a center midfielder. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's just not good business. Yep. All right, relationship building. This kind of goes along with the attitude ego. You've got to be able to make connections with other people. Uh, you're going to have to be a little social, and that's, that's okay. I'm not saying do anything. That's not what you want to do. Um, but just being able to open up to people, talk to people, you're in this environment where everyone is physically exerting themselves, so make sure you're, you're you're bonding, whether you think you are or you're not. So make sure you're putting the right ideas in their head about who you are as a person. Yeah, in fall camp, that's where you're kind of setting up these relationships that will come back in dividends later in season. So, you know... If you snoozed your alarm too many times and they're walking past your dorm room, <laughs> they might knock on your door just to make sure you're getting up for practice. Right. Um, you know, if you leave your phone charger in the hotel room, they're double-checking and picking it up. I mean, it's things on and off the field that in fall camp, this is where you're, again, laying down the foundation um, for these relationships that'll last all season and beyond. Oh, yes, oh. look at us. <laughs> 
Um, another great mental health and wellness aspect is grit and toughness. Just mental, yes, physically tough, but also that mental toughness and just hard work ethic. There are going to be times where if fall camp is done right and done well by good coaching staff and good programming, then it's going to be one of the hardest things you've done. And that's how it's supposed to be because you want to win games. So you need to be able to push yourself and your teammates beyond what they think they can do to see just how far you can go. I think it's important and not to like downplay what you're going through, but to remember it's hard for everybody. And when you're looking around and it seems like it's not hard for some people, I think they've learned uh, how to manage the mental side of fall camp, the sport, everything that comes with being a college, collegiate student athlete. Um, and so those might be the people that you kind of look to for mentorship. Um, you know, again, starting with not, golly, it's just so easy for you, but like, wow, you really seem mentally strong through this. How, how do you manage these thoughts, feelings, you know, physical demands? Um, but just remember, just because people might look like they're got it all together and it's all easy, I would say you're seeing someone that's really figured out the grit and mental toughness piece. Right, and like you were saying earlier, Farron, if if it's done well, there are leaders on the team that will say stuff out loud during workouts. Like I remember during 80s having to run those and just people saying words of encouragement or words of wisdom or, hey, make sure you're getting water right now because it's a break and you're not about to get one for five minutes or make sure you're stretching right now or I saw you kind of running a little bit funny. Is your calf okay? Stretch it right now. I'll stretch it with you. So, again, you have to you have to be able to absorb that wisdom and just know that those are people who want to win. Everybody who plays, hopefully, everybody who's on your team has the common goal of wanting to win games, which means I can't do it by myself. I need my teammates to be healthy so that we can all do it together. Yeah, and season has its own demands, but you're not going to have four days <laughs> during the fall semester. Right. So... You know, if you can look at it's for this duration of time and, you know, it'll definitely get better. Not that it's a terrible time. I don't want, I feel like we're maybe scaring people at this point, but we are both the ones that like to know. What's your little phrase? No, so you can study for the test. Yes, I'd rather, I'd rather know what's coming so I can study for the test than just be pop surprised. Quiz. Yeah, it's a pop quiz. I'd yeah. rather know what I'm getting into so I can prepare myself. And if, you're one of our listeners. That's just who you are as a person, probably, because you're on a personal growth podcast. Yeah. So there's that. That also reminds me, in between your workouts physically, you also have meetings in between these things. So I remember us, we would go work out in the, before the sun woke up and then, <laughs> and then go eat. And then we had about 20 minutes to just sit down and then everyone was like, we got to go to a meeting. So then we would all go to the meeting. And then in there, you're having to dis discuss stuff. Talk about tactics, talk about itineraries, talk about traveling, talk about a lot of things. So you're having to also soak in everything physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. So bring a pen. There's that. Yes, look prepared. <laughs> bring a pen, bring paper. There you go. And then another newbie prep is being homesick and you need to have a plan in place. Yeah, so even if you're going to college an hour away or five hours away, um, homesickness can sometimes sneak up on people. I feel like some people, day one, they're like, oh man, I'm just worried I'm going to get homesick. And then they seem to deal with it better against they knew the test to study for. 
but the people that really seemed to struggle were the ones that were like, I can't wait to get out of the house. And then, <laughs> like, a week Mom. of fall camp, they're like, I just want to go home. <laughs> um, so even if you're like, I'm not going to get homesick, you know, maybe come up with a plan in place. If there are parents listening to this, mm-hmm. send a care package, even if, you know, they're like, that would embarrass me or... Whatever. We're Whatever, talking. man, I got snacks. Yes, it's fine. snacks. And in case you don't know what a care package means, it's Gatorades, it's snacks, it's a Target or Starbucks or both gift card, mm-hmm. um, maybe some clean underwear and socks. <laughs> you can be nostalgic and write a little note on the oh, napkin. That'd yeah. be sweet. I'm pretty sure my mom did that at one point. She's the best. Thanks, mom. Your mom is awesome. Oh. But, yes, that was also another thing that our school got right. I don't know if other schools did it, but during finals... They, your parents, I guess they mailed out mm-hmm. letters and you could send in money or whatever. And you ended up being able to pick up a finals care package. And in it, it was just this little to-go box kind of. And it had all that stuff in there. And I just, I had no idea that that was a thing. It's like a surprise. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to study for finals, I think. Right? Like when they pass out carnations at high school, except better. <laughs> yes, there you go. Fun times. So again... Uh, the homesickness, I think a lot of times it does creep up on people because you are so physically and mentally exhausted, you cannot deal with one more thing. And then all of a sudden it's midnight, you just got back from your late workout, you're trying to fall asleep, and you're all by yourself in your room. Yeah. So, And your mom sends that text, hey honey, how are things? And you're like, what? <laughs> Fine. We've all been there, don't <laughs> lie. We've all been there. Yeah. Yes. So, again, whether you're the parent listening to this or the player going into it, it, it would just be wise to have a plan in place. Or if you're not in either one of these scenarios, check in on your friends because there's someone who is off at fall camp somewhere and you can empathize with them and just, hey, I've been there. You got it. You can do it. Call me if you need any advice or if you need to just vent because it can't be your coach and it can't be your teammate and it can't be your mom. You can call me and vent to me. So that, that's another great way you can kind of help out. Yeah. Our next section is on the hidden rules, and I feel like we've already dabbled in this a little bit. Um, but one of the first hidden rules or things that might surprise you is during fall camp or any preseason workout, um, they'll have you weigh in and weigh out. So, so that means whenever you're outside working out, and for some reason, I love it, uh, on the coaching side of it, on the player side of it, it's really hard. Doing your physical workouts where it's just sprints or just don't touch a ball kind of workout, which is kind of, it, those are the ones that hurt the most. <laughs> or they put the balls out in the middle of the field and you get to look at them but can't touch them. <laughs> it's And it's always 1 to 3 p.m. or 1 to 4 p.m. The hottest oh. time of the day. Which, But it ends up being game time. or yeah. For us, it was game time. Uh-huh. So that was just good business to do it then. Yep. And back to the dang mental toughness. But yeah, you're sweating so much that you are losing so much water weight. So at first, if you are like, ooh, look, I lost 10 pounds. You don't get to touch the field until you gain that back. You have to drink the water. Yes, so definitely hydration is key. Um, that's not the time to start trying to get physically fit. And by that, like losing inches, um, that's where you need to maintain again Um, it's not good for your health, but also if you're having to sit out because you're not making weight, 
And then, you know, that also communicates to the coach, you know, what's your awareness of taking care of yourself and your body? Uh, that's going to translate over to the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> your marathon. Don't be thin for the marathon. Oh. No. <laughs> oh you need to be able to have um, the endurance to last through a season, to last through a game. So showing that you can manage your body and body awareness is uh, something else that coaches are going to pick up on. Right. Plus your pride just has to go out the window on, oh, look at me. I'm getting a six pack. No, you're not. You're going to gain the water weight back because I need you back on the field. So again, like you were saying, worry about how you look. Not right now because I just care about how you play. Mm -hmm. And also your food take is, your food intake is going to be monitored. So where does everyone eat? You're all, you were told to go to the calf to go eat. And people will look at your food, not necessarily your players, but there will be times where coach walks in or someone else's coach walks in to see what you're eating. Oh, I have a story. It might have happened to you too. So newbie in the cafeteria with Trey eating, and then I'm sitting next to an older player, and she's, she's got dessert. She's got a piece of cake, giant chocolate piece of cake, looked delicious on her tray. I'm like, man... I can't do that because I just, I just felt, because he sat there and said, watch what you eat. We're going to watch you. And so I'm sitting there eating my food. In walks our coach, and the older player puts her cake <laughs> on my tray. Yes. And I was like, oh, good one. And, yeah. he, and what did he say? Right on cue. I see you got a piece of chocolate cake there. Like, yeah. No. Adams. And I was yes. like, yep, yeah, I, I do, coach. If you're a non-athlete and you're listening to this for fun, it is funny to watch the tables where the different teams sit when their coaches walk in. There's a lot of shuffling yes. and shoveling of food and napkins being draped yes. over. Put, put the cake in your lap, yeah. put the napkin over it. Yes. So, um, Or you can just prank the newbie and put the cake on their tray. Yeah. Any of those will work for you if you want your cake. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any, Paul, I promise. Maybe. Uh, Probably in our uh, rooms. You didn't sure. See. Yeah. It that part was unmonitored. All right. So someone that goes back to someone's always watching. But you have to have in the event you do need to talk it out with a player. Make sure you've built those layers of trust already. That's really important because you don't need a snake in the grass. But make sure you have a safe space to talk about an issue if there is an issue, whether it's a confrontation between the two of you or Y'all are both having an issue with something else and y'all just need to kind of work through it to make sure you don't word vomit on your team at some point. And not to age us, but I think another real factor is don't go putting it on social media or in a text or anything that can be retrieved and interpreted however it wants to be. Um, Ultimately, maturity is going and talking to the person and hashing it out that way. Um, if you need to vent, you know, maybe talking to your mom in a car 10 miles away with the music blaring is the safest way right. to do that. But I think something we didn't particularly face a whole lot um, was if you got a problem, don't go putting it on social media or texting a group. Um, it's going to get back. Right. And that's just that's just dumb, especially in the real world. Why would you do that? talk about your boss or talk about your co-workers with someone it's just you've got to think about what this is going to look like out outside of college and in the real world 
so there's that. Our safe space, we we got in one of our cars and we would drive around if we needed to talk about something. Um, and again, that's it wasn't to say anything. It wasn't. It was so that we could talk about. I'm struggling with this right now. How how would you get past it? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a, a thing that you need to do if if you have something to say. And also, I would say that. Maybe your mom didn't play college sports, so she doesn't know exactly what you're going through. So you do need a teammate. And I don't think we established our safe space until junior year, maybe. Yeah. It took a couple of years of us kind of working that out. And then we decided, okay, let's go and let's go for a drive after practice. And that was just our thing we did to either talk about the workout, talk about where we're struggling. That, that just what was working yeah. for us. To reiterate what you said, I mean, it wasn't a bash session. It was really an accountability. I knew I could tell Brooke how I was feeling, and she would set me straight and, you know, tell me, well, that's stupid. Or, no, that's right. Here's how I think you should handle it. I see you're fired up right now. You probably shouldn't say or do that. So it's mm-hmm. finding that person that you can really trust, and it's it has a purpose and a means. Right. To come up with like a good outcome um, and be productive, not just sit and bash and have a little pity party. Right. Thank you for deciphering what I was trying to say. Yes, I appreciate first, you. I, I knew so, what no, you meant the whole time. Yeah. Yes, but then so, I was like, what? "Thank you, you yeah. wordsmith." Oh, yes. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Will you tw- will you take the dagger out of my back, please? No. It's really hurting. <laughs> It's okay. Oh. You can call me out on something later. Um, we'll see. I don't know. That might make me sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Attitude matters. We've talked about this a million times, but really for, I would say body language too. Oh, we haven't talked about that. Body yeah. language is a big one. Um, I had a coach at, before college who wouldn't, if we were in the huddle before a game and someone had their arms crossed, he would not start them. Mm-hmm. And he and he's and it was one of those things he reiterated multiple times like don't cross your arms don't have your hands on your hips like these are all things that are going to play out and if you do it on the field there's a target on your back now like oh she's tired or oh she's mad or oh she... so again body language not just the mental aspect of it of staying positive and building yourself up building others up but also your how you were holding your body mm-hmm. on and off the field what's that phrase about like you know, I kept my mouth shut, but couldn't help what my face said. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes, that type of attitude we hadn't touched on. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, just, uh, I don't know how that popped in my head. Lucky, lucky by that. All right, so again, the newbie hack for the hidden rules would be just get the dang equipment. It sucks. And if you played high school sports, it was probably part of it. No, this is not hazing. Um, you know, you could look at it as earning your stripes, how you're contributing to the team. Um, if you just do it, one, then no one has to run because no one got the ball back. (laughs) And then two, if you can do it and do it with a positive attitude, that's like gold right there. People Mm -hmm. are going to look at you right away as a team player. Responsible. Um, mm Mm-hmm. And someone that they want to hang with, so. I don't know. I was pretty nerdy, so. (laughs) Wow. All right. So our fourth (laughs) section would be just some tips we have in general. So we've gone over the physical, mental, and then the hidden rules. So now these are tips just to kind of help survive the fall camp. So the first one we have on our list here is to stretch in the shower. 
Um, they always tell you to stretch after the workout or stretch later when you get home. So two things. One, if you do it while you're in the shower, then you'll already get that checked off your list. And two, it feels a lot better to do it while you're warm in the shower um, right after practice and not completely cooled down and tightened up. Right. One of your hobbies you need to pick up is stretching. That yeah. just needs to be a thing. If you're mm-hmm. sitting down, sit straddle so that way you can have your hamstrings going. It's just smart on your part. The other one would be sleep when you can. Your schedule's going to be way off. You're going to be waking up way early, working out in all the ways, and then you're going to get home late, like midnight maybe, maybe later, depending on (laughs) how how everyone else was doing. Uh, But I would say sleep when you can. If you have 30 minutes in between, learn to fall asleep for 30 minutes. Even if you lay there with your eyes closed. In a stretching mm-hmm. position. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yes. Or you can also do, so I got this advice from an older player my freshman year. So whenever you get to fall camp, you're in your room by yourself because your roommate's not there, whoever your random roommate is, for the next two weeks. And she was like, uh, just lay a towel down on their empty bed and just lay there so you don't mess your bed up. Like, dang. Yeah. Look at you. That is That's a, a good smart. way to do that. And then she's like, why does my mattress smell? And you're like, oh. It was, well, it, the, the mattresses had that, that mm. weird cover where you could scratch on it. It makes that weird mm. sound. And you're showering after every practice. Yes. So that's yes. not a thing. Oh, yeah, there should not be an issue there. So sorry, roommate, back in the day. Love you. The next tip is um, to be early and have a buddy system. Um, so there's that that if you're uh, early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, there's lots of ways that one ends. <laughs> Basically, you don't want to be late. You might as well just go home. No, don't do that. Still show up. Show up but, late. Uh, and then apologize profusely and have the best practice ever. Yes, and enjoy those bear crawls. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. A way to help with this is to have a buddy system. It happens. You sleep through your alarm. You turn off your alarm. You set it for the wrong time. So make sure that you have a buddy system in place. I think a lot of programs set that up. And then the upperclassman is like, you're annoying. I'm not doing that. But (laughs) hopefully you get a cool upperclassman. But even your other freshman buddies, um, we had a group of freshmen that got really close. And we called them the school because they were a group of fish. Um, what's up school? Yeah, we know uh, you're out there. <laughs> so your buddy system could be whoever your mentor is assigned, but even someone that, um, is in the same class as you. So, uh, utilize that for going to get snacks, um, get, making sure you guys are showering, mm-hmm. uh, getting mm-hmm. to, um, bed at a decent hour and making it to practices on time and wearing the right outfit yes you gotta Dang. wear the right shorts the right socks the right shirt so make sure oh that's another thing just bring all your stuff anyway yes bring all your stuff to the locker room anyway that way if everyone's walking out in your maroon shorts and you've got white shorts oh. you're not gonna you have those backups right there yeah even <laughs> be great and they don't have to be clean because you'd be doing wash like Non-stop, but you'd rather have to put on something dirty than be the one person in the wrong practice gear. And you can just wear sliders underneath your practice shorts, so that way your shorts don't get all, all that sweat. Your sliders get yep. it. Right. Febreze is also hey. a great thing. Oh, 
But also shower <laughs> and wash your clothes. Shower and wash your clothes. Just that's what we're saying the whole time. We need this. to do a shower word count on oh, this gosh. podcast. Yes. Shower, shower, yes. shower. Here we go. Another one is this might be good for freshmen or depending on your position you play on the field. Don't room with your teammates the first year. So sometimes people are like, oh, I'm going there. Me too. Are you playing? Yeah, me too. You want to room together? Yeah. And then y'all are both in the play the same position and either someone's starting and someone's not or someone is not connecting passes with the other person. It can get ugly fast. And yeah. I think our coach did a really good job of telling us to not do that and advise against it until you were solidified in the relationship. And you spend so much time together as it is that while they may be your bestie, it's still good to have some time or just space apart. Um, I mean, you hang out with at college with whoever you want, as long as you want, so you really just go back to the room to sleep and study. Um, and that's not when you necessarily need to be feuding with a friend or a teammate right and it I like how it worked out for us because you were a forward and I was a defender so it was we and that also gave us really good perspectives on when we had our sessions on from this angle I saw this from your angle you saw that so again if you roomed with someone ideally not in your same position yep (laughs) if we had to pick yes all right um Again, we could probably word count this too, but it's just so important. Do your summer workouts. Again, if you're thinking about starting now, just going to be honest, it might be too late, but don't let that deter you from starting. Um, What you do in June is going to prepare you for July, which carries over into August. So it seems like you have a lot of time, but when fall camp comes, you're probably going to be wishing you had started uh, sooner. But you live and you learn. Well, that and all your information, the coach already has. He already knows how much you weigh. He already knows what your times are for certain things. So to show up and not perform at that level, that just shows how dedicated you are to the team. So whether you're a newbie, a returner, they have your information. So you're not tricking anybody, and you're definitely not tricking your teammates. Um, your teammates know whenever you didn't do the summer workout. So, mm-hmm. And the last tip we have, especially for newbies, is Um, In our case, we moved in and had our first workout that night. So it all happened in the same day. So when you're moving in that day, you're not going to get everything unpacked and hung up. I mean, you can, but you might kill yourself doing that. Which would not be smart. No, because then you're going into that first practice and you could be stressed out about all that. So I would at least have your bed made because you're going to want to come in and go to bed. You're going to want to shower, whether you do that in the locker room or back at your dorm. So have your bed made, have your shower stuff ready, and have all your soccer stuff easily accessible and you know right where it is. You wouldn't want to look up at the clock and be like, oh, I'm supposed to meet for you know, time trials and I have no idea where my tennis shoes are. So keep those things packed separately and maybe in a bright red bag just where you know exactly where they are. Um, and then, you know, don't, you will get your stuff unpacked and hung just the way you want it. Uh, but if you can kind of go into it without having that as your expectation, you're setting yourself up for more success. Right. You can either plan to do a little bit a day or start with the essentials, like you were saying, and maybe my goal could be get the clothes in the closet or not. You have two weeks and you're going to be sleeping when you're not working out. So 
or not, not in a meeting. So pace yourself there, too. Yeah. Well, guys, that does it. Thank you for listening to Episode 9, Listener's Choice, Surviving Fall Camp. We want to wish everyone good luck going out to fall camp. Remember, it might be the hardest workout of two weeks of your life, but it is worth it. Worth it, worth it. And if you have a request you'd like to make on a topic that you're, you know, milling over or would like more information about or just entertainment, uh, be sure to email us, reach out to us on our different social media accounts, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.